is um, a group called Off With Their Heads. Sounds like a nice, nice bunch of young men. The song is Nightlife, Off With Their Heads. I think they're pretty, pretty modern. I think, I think they're still out there working. <coughs> Off With Their Heads, I'll tell you, getting closer in America all the time to that. Uh, weekend. Saturday, sun, Saturday, Sunday match, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, you made top 15% of the group. Uh, yeah, that it, it was a pretty rough match for me. Uh, definitely had some rough stages, not too proud of. Had a little bit of magazine issues uh, in a couple of stages. And uh, didn't do so well on the mover, uh, which I normally do pretty good on. Not sure what happened there. But and if you say... That you didn't do good and position where you ended up. Think about all the guys that finished behind you. You don't want to make them feel bad. Well, no, I mean, I'm just talking about for me. I mean, I teach people how to shoot for a living, and, you know, when I don't do so good in a match, I mean, it doesn't look good. <laughs> I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say you didn't do good. I think you did. You just set the bar too high for yourself. But there's nothing wrong with that, you know. But uh, in our local matches, we we see people come and um, they try. They, they want to do well, they try. Now, a lot of these folks have not had a class, so I don't know how why they expect to do so well. They haven't been really taught. And you really can't learn what you need to know just sitting watching YouTube. Um, you can get a lot. You can teach yourself a lot. Um, and young man we had with us today from Washington State. Um, shout out to Jeremy. He, he learned a lot by educating himself, watching uh, videos, probably on YouTube, reading books. Uh, so, yeah, you can lay a good foundation. You need to come out and get hands-on. Right? right. you got to come to see some people that really know what they're doing and uh, filter through a lot of the misinformation that uh, gets taught in long-range shooting. And there is a lot. There's a lot of stuff that's not necessary. You know, it's just ancillary crap. Right, there's stuff that is real, like, say, for instance, the Coriolis effect. Yeah, that's something that's real. It happens. But, I mean, trying to compensate for it, I mean, that's just chasing your tail. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you need to move off of your desktop. It's not something you want to think about when you're setting up your shot at all. No. So he shot the 308 to a mile. Um, of course, that was mine. He rented it. And uh, I was real proud of that gun. I was proud of him. He did a good job. Yeah. For sure. You know, those shots were landed level. Spark Munitions 168 yep. Match Kings. Landing. He hit the mile several times with it. <clears throat> yeah, so people who think a 308 can't shoot a mile, they don't know what they're doing. Nope. They don't know what they're talking about. It'll do it. So, um, um, but yeah, you know, if you come to our local matches and, and you feel like you're just not getting what you need, try to take a class with us. It's worth it. I think you'll feel it was money well spent. And we'll get you uh, tracking. Let's just put it that way. And um, and you just hang in there. We've seen several shooters who stuck with it, and they will. They've been near the bottom of the uh, bottom of the pack, and then they start working their way up, and then they work their way up again, and then they come to another match, and then they have some you know bad luck of the draw even. And they fall back. Don't beat yourself up. 
you might have got some crummy wind conditions when it was your turn to shoot 1,040 yards or the 1,200. And the guys that beat you, well, they had sweetheart conditions. We can't control the weather. We cannot control the mirage. When you look down range at targets in hot sunlight, you know, this is going all over the match of the weekend that you shot in. You know, some people got a nice sun condition and some people got reamed. Yeah, those targets passed <laughs> <got> the, <laughs> the 950. Uh, I mean, the, the mirage uh, on it in the morning is obviously not as bad. And then once you get to midday, it's, uh, I mean, it, you're not going to see anything. No, I, I mean, the, on stuff like uh, the Dasher, like I'm shooting, you can watch your own bullet trace which is extremely handy um, for especially places where you're not going to see the actual splash of the bullet because it's going in the woods or something. You can watch your bullet go to the target and tell where you missed. Uh, but with the Mirage the way it is, I mean, you're just not going to see it in certain conditions. Yeah, and I mean, things will come up, you know. little th Two or three things conspire, and you may not finish where you wanted to, but stay consistent. Don't give up. Stay after it. Um, you had a magazine that went down. Yeah, I did. I think it got a piece of straw in the anti-tilt mechanism in it. and Stuck. It stuck. You know, that stuff, you know, hey, happens in a match. You just don't want to happen in a real-world freedom-preserving kind of a setting. But, you, you know, you can't always control these things. We're going to talk about reloading some. We're going to get more into that here in just a moment thinking about this Rock Island 10 millimeter you've got in here. Yeah, let me uh, rack the slide on it, let people get a load of that. It's tight. It is a very tight gun. I mean, normally Rock Island's not a name you associate with a lot of quality, but this here, I dare say, would compete with some uh, $1,200, $1,400 uh, 1911 platform guns. Just the, the fit and finish on it, the way the slide fits to the frame. Uh, the trigger, the sights, everything about it, it's indicative of something uh, well over $1,000, and you can get them for yeah. about seven. Is that right? Yeah, you can land that thing for about seven. It's got adjustable sights, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so you pack that out there in case you run into a bear while you're painting. A bar. Yeah, I'll see a bar. Yeah, we got them out there, and they're getting a little bit more aggressive all the time. There's some folks down the mountain from us a little ways that uh, had their pit bull tied up and uh, bear ate the pit bull. Yeah, they have gotten a bit more aggressive, black bears. But yeah, that gun there is something you may want to try to recover brass and reload for. Yeah, 10 millimeters is pretty hard to find right now. <clears throat> well, it was, and they ran out of everything else before they did run out of 10 from what I saw. Right. But they're out of 10 now. Yeah. And that's, um, 10 millimeters is not a super popular handgun round. I mean, it is, but it's not. I mean, it, they're out there, but um, most people are not going to have one. Most people are going to either have a 9 millimeter or a 45, yeah. or both. I mean, uh, a 10. When the 10 millimeter first came out, it was really 41 magnum power performance. In right. A uh, gun called the Bren 10, B-R-E-N, Bren 10. I think it's a double action semi-auto. And um, then Colt comes out with the Delta Elite. And um, the FBI starts tinkering with the 10 millimeter idea. And Smith & Wesson comes up with the 1006, which was a travesty. It did not <laughs> run. 
uh, Virginia State Police went with it, and a friend of ours is retired now from the state police. He, <coughs> he said those guys were so unreliable, so I kept my SIG 45 under the seat of the car. In case I actually ever got into a problem. Yeah. But, um, you know, the FBI quickly found that it was too much recoil for a lot of the uh, agents. And um, I'll tell you one thing it has, though. It has some knockdown power. Uh, and full power around, yeah. It punches pretty good. Yeah, I mean, if if I had to face an angry bear or something like that, I'm, I mean, that's what you'd want. And some people will say, oh, well, black bears aren't aggressive. But you can be in the wrong place at the wrong time. That, that's a fact. I mean, on these trails I'm going on, I can I can just picture it, you know, uh, mama bears left her cub somewhere, and I get right in between the cub and the mama on accident on the trail. You got a problem, buddy. I mean, yeah. so that's when you have to have something like this. Yeah, something to get her off of you. But um, nice pistol, but you're going to want to reload for that. But you kind of get to a point point in American history. We we're going to talk about reloading now, not to save money. But because you may have to in order to <laughs> have any firearms. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, saving money reloading doesn't work. No, you're not going to save money reloading, uh, especially precision reloading or not. Uh, but um, you definitely want to have the capability to reload at, at this point in American history just because, uh, I mean, all the places that uh, sell ammo can be controlled. I mean, just by a simple stroke of a pen, it could be illegal for you to purchase ammo. Stuff like that could happen. It's good for you to be able to, to make your own stuff. Um, on another note, just where 9mm is so hard to find, uh, I was going to mention that if you have the capability of reloading, you can still buy bulk brass. Uh, you know, a thousand packs of range brass are widely available still. And uh, for not that much, for under $50 for a thousand, I found several places. One place had it for like $37 for a thousand cases of uh, unprocessed range brass. And now, yes, I realize if you don't have like a progressive press, uh, reloading 9mm is a pain in the butt. But uh, if you've got some time over the winter or something like that, uh, go it. ahead and get the components now and, uh, and get re ready to throw some together. Yep. Um, get yourself a case gauge. They're not much. They're about $12, $15. And that uh, is a little uh, steel uh, cylinder that is... Machined out to accept a nine millimeter cartridge, or if it's 45, whatever you're shooting, and it uh, you drop it into that gauge to make sure that it's going to fit your chamber. Yeah, because if you have a a bad resizing or something doesn't go right, uh, you're it's gonna, a jam waiting to happen. Yeah, you're going to hang your gun up, and sometimes it could be they could put it out of uh, commission until you can get to some tools. Yeah, so. Um, I'm looking on Midway. It looks like it's available now. Uh, this Lee, um, it is called the um, um, Lee Challenger Breech Lock Single Stage Press Kit. And and look, you're getting a priming tool. Uh, you can all, the press will also allow you to prime on the press. Looks like it's actually coming with some different shell holders for the priming tool um, it's it's got pretty it's got everything you're really going to need it's got a powder thrower powder measure uh, you got a little scale it's not real sophisticated but it'll you know it'll get you where you need to be right and looks like it's coming with a primer pocket cleaner and a case mouth 
chamfering tool and uh, it's uh, going to get you what you need. You may shop around and find something even cheaper than that. Uh, you would then, of course, need to buy a set of loading dies, which the Lee dies are fine. They're, they're good. My preference on dies just over the years has been the Redding. Obviously, if you're on a budget, Redding's not going to be a very viable option because normally for a set of Redding dies, it's going to be about 200 bucks. But, um, I mean, just talking about the stuff that, like, I use, uh, one person wrote in and wanted to, uh, you know, wanted us to talk about just what we use and stuff like that, what we recommend. Uh, the Redding Type S full-length bushing dies are, are my favorite because you can choose what neck tension you're going to use, and it's also a full-length die, so you can bump the shoulders back. Those are a very good uh, set of dies. Also, RCBS makes good dies. Uh, really, there's not a company out there that I would tell you to avoid. Right. Um, they're, they're all functional. They're all decent. Uh, uh, shop Craigslist and local um, trade papers. Uh, you may find, so a lot of times people just get out of reloading. And man, they got the stuff. You just, you know, show up. You'll find them at yard sales sometimes. And sometimes it's being sold by the survivors of an individual who's passed on. And they don't even know what they got. Sure. And you can buy powder, dirt cheap. Yeah. Um, so keep your um, eyes open for, you know, some equipment. <clears throat> um, if you go to my reloading website, it's called OCW reloading.com Oscar Charlie whiskey reloading.com um, and it, there's some pages on there tools of the trade it's what you really need and then you know and what might be nice to have but you don't need and there's a lot of unnecessary stuff sure that I mentioned there too like neck turning and stuff like yeah, that yeah crazy stuff but on, on another um kit that you could get that's still available that I would recommend is the uh, RCBS uh, Rock Chucker Supreme Master Kit. You can still find those on Amazon at the moment. They're selling pretty quick, but uh, that's about $350, and uh, that's going to have everything you need to get started other than your dies, and uh, that would be a good option if you got a little bit more money to put into a setup. Uh, but obviously you don't have to have anything that nice. I mean, you can definitely get into it cheaper than that. Yeah. And there was some this equipment is kind of cheap, but it's, it's certainly functional. What was that called? Smart Reloader or Smart Reloader? I don't remember. Um, yeah, I don't know for sure. You can have to look that up. But uh, you don't have to sink a fortune into it. No, I mean, if you're on a budget and you just want the capability of reloading 9mm range brass or whatever the case may be, you can get into it for not that much. Yeah, I mean, you can even forego the powder scale and use what are the lead dippers. If you're loading handgun stuff, yes, you can. Yeah. Or, or rifle stuff that you're just really wanting to go bang. You're not really looking for tight groups. You just need something that you can kill a deer with at 200 yards. Yes, you can use those lead dippers and that'll do you a good job. Yeah. Um, and you, you think you get them in a set. I can't see them here. Looks like Midway doesn't have them, but that's just a little scoop. It's a pre-measured scoop. Um, and um, that's a good way to go. I've loaded all that 41 mag stuff. Uh, I was just dip, dipping it, you know. Um, lead dipper set. And yeah, there they are. <laughs> $12. Yeah, that's really cheap. And they're just a, a, a set of little plastic dippers. I see them on Amazon. 12 bucks. Yeah. 
Um, another question that was asked, um, or I should say axed, another question that was axed um, was... Uh, put on your own max before you put on your chiller max. <laughs> was, uh, what's more important, bullet jump or powder charge? And the answer to that is powder charge, powder charge, powder charge. Oh, yeah. That's going to be the most important thing. If you're running a bullet that is so sensitive that it has to have a particular jump to function half decent, uh, you need to pick a different bullet. We talked about this, uh, I don't know if it was last podcast or the one before that, uh, but uh, these bullets that are the aggressive seeking ogives that are just very sensitive to bullet jump, I would stay away from those. Either yeah. get something that's a hybrid or a tangent ogive, it's going to be a lot easier for you to load and uh, to get shoot well. I think a lot of people have decided that because these things are just, these seeking ogive bullets are just not as commonly seen as they used to be. People are getting tired of chasing the lands. Um, so yeah, you can uh, get what you need for not a whole lot of money and get yourself set up. You know, watch different reloading channels, not just one. If you watch just one, you're gonna get one guy's opinion. Right. You look well, at watch my, several. You look at my side. You're gonna. Or get you know, if you're just opinion. gonna get one opinion. Get mine. You I, I, I mean, if you can only get one opinion. You can only afford to have one opinion. <laughs> have your opinion. Yeah, have my opinion. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, just start scrounging up brass. If you're at the shooting range and it's laying around, even if you don't load that cartridge, pick it up. Uh, maybe it's a bunch of 270. I mean, getting ready to come into deer season here. In most of America, um, within the next six weeks or so, um, pick up uh, the 270 brass. Yeah. And, you know, you may be able to trade. Exactly, that. trade value and stuff like that. And we've talked about this also in previous podcasts, uh, maybe the last one, just about um, the trading value of ammunition and food and medical supplies and all that fun stuff in a fallen economy. I mean, some people say, oh, ho, oh, oh. ho. Ammunition's never been used as currency before. Well, guess what? We have a situation here that's never happened in world history. I, I mean, so yes, absolutely, ammo is going to be a, uh, a very, very valuable commodity. Yeah, it, it, it will be. Um, honestly, 22 long rifle, it's going to be like... Yeah, it's going to be like, like gold. Little bits of gold. It will be. Could be. It could well come to that. So I mean, I'm talking about a time. I mean, so many people just put way too much stock in, you know, gold and silver and stuff like that, and, and they're acting like, okay, so you need ammunition for your 22 long rifle. Somebody else has 100 rounds for theirs, and uh, you have six ounces of gold. How much you think you're going to be able to buy? Right. <laughs> because I'll tell you what, if if I only have 100 rounds left for my 22, and somebody offered me six ounces of gold, and we're talking about a fallen economy here, I'm not going to take Probably it. Not. I'm just telling you that right now. There was a fellow I heard an interview. He was part of the whole Yugoslavia breakdown when everything went south in a hurry. Those Eastern Bloc countries over there. He said, if you had a solid gold Rolex wristwatch, you couldn't get a loaf of bread for it. Exactly, because that's not what's valuable at the time. What's valuable at the time was getting food. Yeah, I can't eat that lot. With 22 bullets, <laughs> I can defend myself. I could hunt for food. Um, obviously, they have a lot of trade value just because of those things. So, I mean, it's a lot of value there. I mean, gold, on the other hand, you can't eat it. It's only valuable if you've got a, a functional and flowing economy in times of peace. 
That's it. I, I mean, in times of peace, yes, gold has value. In times of um, hardship and war, uh, whether it be because of famine or any other thing, gold is not valuable. No, no it isn't. So that Lee Nutcracker Press, as we call it, it's called the Lee uh, Hand Press. Those things have gone up uh, $56. The two we got, I gave less than 30 bucks a piece for. Yeah, I mean, they're okay. I mean, they... Uh, if well, they'll work. If, if you're just sitting on the couch watching TV size and brass or something like that, I mean... We've used them for that. Yeah, I mean, you can do that, Will. I got two of them to sit here, pop them off there. But uh, if you don't have a place to set up a reloading bench, you're like, well, I'm in a, you know, I'm in a small uh, place where I live and I just don't have any extra room, um, take a look at the Lee hand press. That's a doable thing. Um, you could uh, You could load with that. What you got to do is figure out how to get that stuff turned out um, that, you know, functions well in your gun and whatever kind of equipment you end up uh, possessing, you learn how to use it and you'll be fine. You know, um, the Lee dies um, work just fine. They are cheaper. Uh, powder scales, those little bitty electronic scales. Yeah, I would not trust an electronic scale. I would definitely trust a cheap uh, beam scale over a cheap electronic scale. I mean, as a matter of fact, I'll go as far as to say I'm not going to trust an electronic scale unless it costs more than $500. Well, they wander around. They, unless they cost over $500, yes, they're going to wander around. I mean, some of them that are under $500, I mean, you can wave your phone around the scale and all of a sudden it loses calibration. Yeah. I mean, so there's beware of... Um, of electronic scales, uh, cheaper ones. I mean, the beam scale. If you don't have but a hundred or two hundred dollars to put into a scale, uh, get a beam scale. Get like that RCBS M1000. That's what I've been using. I've tuned it, which you know I just sharpened the blade. I think most people could get by with a cheaper scale than that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could get. Uh, I mean, some of those O House uh, scales are you know fifty, sixty bucks. And that's who made that scale. Well, right. O-house. But that's a heavy duty one. But, you know, the little Lee Precision Safety Scale, uh, it's mostly plastic, but it will work. Uh, I would advise not loading maximum charges with a scale like that, just in case it wanders in the wrong direction. Um, and here, too, when you're loading pistol ammunition, you can double charge a case. and Really easy. It's really easy to make a mistake on the uh, pistol round, so you've got to be very careful. Uh, a really good idea after you've uh, put your powder charges in the cases is to take a flashlight and um, shine it over top of the cases and just visually inspect and make sure. Because normally if you've double charged one, uh, you're going to see it. You're going to yes. see that the powder charge is up close to the case neck and uh, just shining a flashlight into there. Also, you could catch um, you know, a case that maybe you forgot to put powder in. You know, That's also a dangerous thing because you know, the primer can sometimes push that... Uh, projectile into the barrel an inch or so and you don't realize that what's happened you pull the slide back and an empty case comes out and a loaded one goes in yeah. in front of that and then you've got a accident waiting to happen right so you really need to QC your ammo um, particularly your handgun stuff it's a lot more dangerous loading that than it is rifle it is. most of the rifle stuff that I load you could fill the the case all the way up with the powders that I use and see the bullet on top and the worst thing that would happen is you blow a primer 
Yeah, you're not going to blow the action. But if I, you, I mean, if you overcharge a pistol round, you will blow that gun up in your hand. You could injure yourself. Double charge a unique or double charge a bullseye. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about a hand grenade. HP 38, it, it will. So <clears throat> you want to make sure you have the right um, powder charge. Now, if you have a scale that you can trust to get a certain powder charge thrown, or uh, weight, I should say, you can actually take an old shell casing. Let's say you're loading nine millimeter, and you're using a unique, unique, or uh, we got a lot of HP 38. And you're loading it in like a 357 or a 38 special. Yeah. A lot of times, the nine millimeter case or whatever other type of case actually will hold the right amount, yeah, and it, you can it, use it as a little dipper. It'll it'll hold close enough. Or if you're loading nine, you might be able to dip a 22. Casing in there. a couple times you'd need to. Well, it depends on how hard hot you want it, but you know some well, of the twenty-two case holds about a grain of powder, and um, but I mean I'm sure there's cases you could do that with. I usually check that. I think it holds more than that if you filled it up, struck it level. It would probably. I've looked at that one time because I was getting into reloading twenty-twos, but how much of a one grain of powder? One grain of powder. What kind of powder? Pretty much anything. Just uh, it'll hold about a grain. I mean, ball powder obviously maybe a little bit more, but most of the stuff that they use in it is like kind of a flake powder. It looks a lot like unique. Yeah, but again, pistol powders are 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 dangerous because they're kind of like shotgun powders. They're super fast, and you know a lot of shotgun and pistol powders are actually interchangeable, interchangeable. too. So they'll they'll blow. Yep, they will blow if you overcharge them. So know what you're daring. As Shirley Keith says, and um, but yeah, just um, hit the garage sales, look on Craigslist, shop around. You can get yourself set up to reload without spending a fortune. But I mean, right now, um, if you're shooting nine millimeter, you're probably not finding it. No, I mean that's one of the cartridges at the moment you're not going to be finding, and so hopefully you've stocked up like you should have, and uh, you know you're not hurting for it right now. Right. See, let's move on to our match uh, we're going to be doing on October 3rd. It's a team match. Um, we. Uh, That's not our next match. No, it's not our next one. Our next match is a regular match September 19th, range day on the 18th. Yeah, uh, we're going to take uh, no more than 20 teams for this, so uh, go ahead and, and start. For the October 3rd. Right. Uh, no more than 20 teams for it, so if you're interested in coming, go ahead and email us and uh, tell us who's coming. So we can get yeah, bangsteel at fastmail.com or Forest Newberry 243 at iCloud.com. Uh, tentatively, $120 entry fee per team. We've got to be able to afford the trophies we're going to give because team members, we've got to duplicate trophies here. Sure. You know, so one team member will use an AR. It has to be 556 chambered. It cannot be a Grendel. It cannot be anything else. It's got to be a 5.56. Everybody has one, right? No steel core ammo. Uh, it's going to be strictly full metal jacket or, you know, bucktail hollow point ammo. I don't see any problem penetrators, do you? On our steel? They ain't going through that. No. Goodness, no. They eat up the steel really bad. You Who's didn't know that? No, you're the one that tends to all that. No, I mean, you shoot penetrators at AR-500 steel, no, they don't go through it, but, I mean, they leave these pock marks in it. I mean, they're, you know. No green tips. No green tips. Yeah, tip, 55 grains is good. What are we going to tell them about the heavier bullets? That's fine. 
77 is fine, 69 is fine, anything, as long as it's a 5.56 chamber rifle, you can bring any hand load, any factory ammo you want, as long as it's not a penetrator. And then your partner is going to have a bolt gun. So you're going to fire at the same time from shown locations. Um, this isn't like a PRS, but... Uh, you there will be positional stuff. I mean, fire in, a, in a truck. Just well, also off of logs and um, stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's not... Something that anybody can do. Right. It's not Even me, I could do Yeah, that. it's not going to be anything unpractical. Um, it, it'll be very practical shooting. Yeah. Something that you might have to know how to do. Right. So uh, we can use one of our old trucks and... The round count for the 5.56 is going to be about 100 for the day, and you're going to be getting your barrel hot. So, I mean, if you've got some really fancy Bartline custom barrel on there or something like that. Bring the Palmetto State. Bring the Palmetto State because this is, you're going to be melting the thing <laughs> <laughs> on some of these stages. Well, we'll probably run 20 shot strings, and while the AR is firing. So is the bolt gun. So is the bolt gun. The AR is going to be. Suppressive fire on target right there. Here's you. Uh, yeah, the the targets, like I said, for the AR are going to be about 600 yards and in. Um, most of them are probably going to be 400 yards and in. I mean, it, like I said, it's suppressive fire. It's going to be very fast shooting. I mean, I think one of the stages we came up with uh, is going to be uh, 20 shots and about 20, 25 seconds. I mean, you're going to be having to just sling some lead. And during that time, the bolt gun needs to discharge four or five rounds on a tar. Let's say, okay, 625 bloom tar. That's your suppressive fire target. What the RO wants to see, if I'm ROing that target, I want to see lead from that AR surrounding that thing. If you don't hit him, I'm okay with that. I just don't want to see you right. shooting in the and wrong And you will get some points for hitting, but I mean, you're, if you're taking 20 shots at it, you don't have a maximum of 20 points. We might do something like you have a maximum for this stage of five points, and uh, you need to hit it at least five times to get those five points. But, um, you know, it's, it's suppressive fire. You need to have all of these shots gone in, like, 25 seconds. And by the time you're done shooting your bolt gun, guy needs to, or gal, needs to have hit, let's say, in this case, a 650-yard 12-inch square, you know. Sure. And he gets one point for each impact of five different shots. Sure. So, you know, a lot of you have not fired a gun for precision when there is a suppressive fire weapon exactly. laying right next to you. Exactly. I mean, that's something that you're going to have to learn to do is uh, if you've got a gun going off right next to you, you need to be able to stay focused and still engage your target. I mean, because in the real world, I mean, that's very realistic. Sure enough. Sure enough. So that we're working on that. That's going to be for October 3rd. That's just a glimpse of some of the stages that we might do uh, just to kind of give you an idea of what you're going to be looking at um, for this. And it'll be equally challenging. We may do a stage where you need to swap rifles. Something like that, yeah. You know, uh, so the bolt gun goes to the AR and vice versa. You know, we thought about doing some handgun stuff in it, but why would you be using a handgun if you have an AR in your hands? So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Rittenhouse, he would tell you the same thing. Yeah, the national hero. Just let's take a brief moment of silence and recognize Kyle Rittenhouse for what needed to be done. Yeah, <laughs> it needed to be done. These liberals are defending the child molester and a woman beater. Yeah, they're saying, oh, they were murdered. They were yeah. murdered. Well, you know, you can't rob a thief and you can't murder a pedophile. Yeah, you're just kind of putting them. You heard that to your place. So. <laughs> Hmm. 
Did you see the Antifa video where he caught his feet on fire? Yeah. So, oh my goodness, this is so darn funny, folks. Um, he catches this, I think it was in Portland, I could be wrong, but I think it was Portland. And they set a big fire in the middle of the street, and he's over there trying to kick, I guess, material into it to uh, make it burn better, but he ends up catching both feet on fire. And he's doing this dance, trying to get fires to go out on his feet, and some brilliant individual uh, video shopped a 10-gallon Stetson hat on his head, and they're playing Cotton-Eyed Joe, and he's dancing around, going back and forth. <laughs> YouTube is erasing the video. Now, what does that tell you? A bunch you, of queers. Well, YouTube is, me. yeah, they're looking at that and saying, well, this is not very flattering for our side. This is not very flattering. Yeah, they're a bunch of queers. You, you, they do make you wonder, why would you take that away? Why? But their problem is, that video was so darn viral. Right. It's been posted and posted and posted. You'll find it. Do uh, Antifa Cotton Eye Joe. You'll find it. And uh, you can still find it on YouTube, but you'll definitely find it on Twitter and Facebook. But, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're like seeing that and they're watching it. Well, we need to, we need to delete that. You know you know that was embarrassed. Oh, <laughs> you know that was embarrassed. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So, yeah, you get out there, you know, you're setting the fire, you set yourself on fire, and you end up with a viral video immortalizing what you did. <laughs> right. Can't beat that. Can't beat it. Nope. So, um, as always, we do appreciate uh, the suggestions. Uh, I did have another question. Are there any advantages to a second focal plane scope versus the first? Well, did you get that gun apart? Yeah, I'm just taking it apart. How did you figure out how to get it apart? What are you talking you, about? It's a 1911. Yeah, but it's got a daggone guide rod in there. Yeah, it's the same. You're going to shoot that spring across the room. Yeah, well, the podcast listeners will hear it if I do. Ding. Yeah, I think we mentioned that in the last podcast about the second focal plane. We didn't mention the the fact that if you're shooting ELR, you can dial a second focal plane scope down and you double your holdover. Right. I think we did mention that, but that is true. It's a very viable thing that we see. Um, I mean, if you've got like a 20, 20 power um, second focal plane scope, it's true on the 20 power. You can zoom it down to 10, and now those um, hash marks in your scope are going to be double what they are in 20, so you get a lot more yeah. holdover. And and that is about the only advantage, if you ask me. I, I mean, if I have my druthers, I'll take first focal. But my night force, my old one, which is on the gun that Jeremy shot today, um, it uh, it's second focal. But it only goes up to 15 power, so you're right. always using it on. Yeah, you're running power. on 15 anyway, and I don't know how much. It's got at least 20. We were holding 24 minutes high, hitting that mob rock today. So um, it has the ability to do that. But uh, second focal, if I didn't have enough, then it would take it from 15 down to 10, and you, by a third, increase your um, your holdover. All right, or just you know take it down to 7.5, double it. Yeah, instead of holding over 20, now you're holding over 40. And you can, you can see it. So. But... Um, I think everybody, I mean, when you look at the, the amount of guns and ammunition that are being sold in this country, 
Um, I don't know what to expect other than they're going to start getting used. We hope for better things, but we fully expect that things are not going to go well after this November's election where Trump does win by a landslide. And the Tifa Tards are going to say, well, let's wait till we get all of the mail-in votes in. And here comes a, 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 a whole convoy of tractor trailers with bogus Democrat votes. Um, and that'll have to be stopped. You know? Oh, absolutely. And, and it will be. And because it will be stopped, there's going to be bloodshed, I'm afraid. I am afraid. I'm not afraid. Well, we don't want that. We want better things for our country. Well, yeah, that's what we want, but we don't always get what we want. <laughs> but if you try sometimes, just might find, with Mick say, get what you need. I think they didn't like Trump using that song. They didn't mind at first. They weren't saying anything, but when all the libtards start pushing it, Rolling Stones saying, Donald Trump's using your song. Donald Trump's using your song. And... He's evil, and the orange man is bad, right. so you need to tell him to not use your song. Right, that's what they did. I think he still does. I mean, yeah. Some of that's like Neil Young's song, Rockin' in the Free World. Trump used that just to tweak that <laughs> piece of crap, dude. Yeah. But, um, Anyway, folks, we have a bit of room left in the September 11-12 class. And we want to um, invite any alumni to email us. If you want to drop in on the 11th or the 12th, Friday the 11th, Saturday the 12th, um, if you want one or the other, just email, get in touch. If you've been with us before, we will allow you to do that. And... We can put a spotter with you, and you can have a day of it. And it'll be half of what the normal class would be, which is 200. If you want to come both days, and you are alumni, email me. We'll make you a special price, which is going to be a, a discounted price. So how far are we into this thing? About 40 minutes. Well, time flies when you're having fun, right? Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, we will call it with that... Unless you got any closing yeah, comments. Yeah, I have some closing comments. Every gun law is an infringement of the Second Amendment. And the fact that I can't go to Walmart and buy an M134 with like a backpack attachment, you know, so you can like be mobile with the M134, you know, that's all the evidence that I need that the Second Amendment has been trampled in the dirt. It means nothing. You know, old TJ, he's rolling over in his grave. I mean, to see this, I mean, this is just infringement after infringement after infringement and we've done nothing about it I'll tell you if he was still alive the the dome on Monticello that would be a, a giant sea ram prove me wrong I think you told us that I think we may do him proud I tell you what back in uh, January with all of the pro second amendment stuff going on in Virginia 91 out of 95 counties declaring 2A sanctuary he was proud yeah. I'm proud of these Virginia boys. You know, we, you do not define us. You know, and our, our, our man today, he, you know, he's from Washington State. He said, the majority of us are not anything like they are in Seattle, right. or South and Oregon and Portland. 
You know, they're not. We're not like that. We're we're, we're American patriots, <clears throat> and uh, these liberals are going to find out the hard way how badly outnumbered, how badly outgunned they actually are. Right. I don't know. I mean, they're just that dumb, though. Yeah, I, I keep telling people if you cut out a ten-mile circle around D.C. and you know, take that out of the elections in Virginia. We would be so conservative, it would make Texas look like California. <laughs> I, it really would. I mean, that's how conservative this area in Virginia is. I mean, I, <laughs> me and uh, Mom went to Danville the other day to that match, and it yeah. was, uh, you know how many Biden signs we saw? How many? We saw one. One, huh? That was it. And that was the whole way there to it Danville. Was, it was on a bumper sticker in the window. No, it, it was in somebody's yard. That drives with But the you know how many Trump, Trump signs we saw? The, how many? Hundreds, literally yeah. hundreds. It's going to be such a blindside smackdown. They're not going to see it coming, and they're going to oh cheat, cheat, they cheated. But uh, they're getting ready to get it. It's going to go something like this. We're going to sign off with accept, and the name of this song is Balls to the Wall. <laughs> Bankstealatfastmail.com, Forest Newberry243 at iCloud.com. Thank you all for tuning in. This podcast is growing about 10-15% a week right now. Can't believe it. Very happy about it. And tell your friends. God bless you all. See you next week.